You're listening to Rooster Teeth Podcast number 535. If you hear something you would like to see from this episode, visit first.roosterteeth.com. Hello, welcome to the Rooster Teeth Podcast. This week brought to you by Robin Hood, Goat, and RTX Austin. Uh, we've got a couple of special guests with us, but uh, I'm Gus. We got... <laughs> We got, I'm Rhett. You want me to introduce myself? Yeah. I'm Link. my buddy Link. It's, uh, <laughs> I feel on. like we should have practiced this beforehand. We should have practiced. It's a little early. Yeah, I'm Bernie. I think we're a little rusty. It's my buddy Bernie. I bet I'm like 500 of these things. I'm but I, it's a lot of them. There's always a debate of whether or not we introduce ourselves. And you guys have done Good Mythical Morning for a really long time. Yeah. We don't introduce ourselves. Right. At some point. They, they, you say the name of the show, yeah. but they we never, do, on, you, you we do on our podcast though. You have Chirons with your name, you put right? It in the lower third, that's right. right. Yeah, Eric, why don't we have name graphics? I, I don't know. Yeah. We we Chiron <laughs> doesn't know. We're Chi- I've never heard Chiron before. What is that? Chiron is my that's third pl- child. Yeah, that's the planet where my father's from. <laughs> he shows up down here all the time. Oh, yeah. you look at that. Yeah, that's a Chiron. Look Bernie. at that. You, you got you, it. How long have you worked in this Whoa. industry? <laughs> that's Do a I Chiron. Get one? Yeah. Do I get one? So yeah, I get one. I'm with Red. It sounds oh. like a planet that Superman escaped. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they had to disappear. I've been here for like 530 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Where's mine? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 you think they would have made one at one and point? And they did it so easily. Yeah, Only two of those are good. Well, we bring so the Chirons with us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we should have had us on uh, yeah, 10 years a, ago. It's actually on our clothes. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a censorship. It's like, there we go. That's what you want. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he just humped illusion. it away. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sorry. I'm about sorry that. that he humped away the Chiron. I, like I, need to. I heard. A, I heard a thumping on a mic. Eric, is there something you want to say? I don't have a mic. He doesn't have a mic. Who's who is so patting on the, mic? on the mic? Oh, I think is that Nick? Oh, it's Nick. <laughs> don't give us that uh, look. You're the one <laughs> patting on the mic. Uh, so this is a pre-taped, uh, pre-taped episode. If anybody's watching, uh, we're not live, so we're not monitoring chat. Normally, we keep an eye on chat, right. but uh, we're not doing that today. Oh, because so, you're not there. What are you guys in town for? Are you in town for something specific? Just We're to see in us? We're in town for you. Yeah, for just for us. Yeah, we we wanted yeah. to hang out with you guys and uh, make some videos. Well, you couldn't have picked a better week to travel to Austin than South by Southwest week when it's <laughs> prohibitively expensive to travel to Austin and the airports are all clogged. And well, we're, yeah. Yeah. Traffic We're in a tent. Worse. We're in a tent. Ooh. Uh, actually, we were sleeping in your bus. Uh, are you, did you get a chance to check out the bus? Yeah, I've had all lots of roasted nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't been in it I'm, yet. I'm but living exclusive, I, exclusively off. We want to go in the bus. Nuts. <laughs> There's <laughs> smoke coming out of the top of your bus. I think man. your bus is on fire. No, it's got a little uh, like a little wood burning stove in it. It smells funny. Is what the, the wood does? <laughs> well, I didn't go inside, but the outside. Smells funny. What kind of wood you burn? You, sm- you smell on the outside of my bus, or the smoke smells funny. The I smoke. think it's the smoke. I see what you're getting at. Is that what you're getting at? My nose was right against the bus, but <laughs> Austin <laughs> just smells like that in general. It smells like the art noticed. teacher's uh, classroom for some reason. What's that? It smells like an art teacher's classroom. Is that what you really? really? It smells like a joke on the inside. <laughs> it's a fucking joke, dude. You know how to roll with a joke? We've been doing this for ten years. I don't know. Maybe I set one up and maybe you laugh. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I just try. That's what I do. I come out here and I try. I was telling them before we started that. What's my joke to watch you fail? We're coming up on our ten-year anniversary of doing weekly podcasts. That's crazy. How long have you guys been doing Good Mythical Morning? Uh, or how long have Red and Link been together as an entity? We've been. Is this a competition? Because that. Informs my answer. I'm just curious because I, I, I'm I not feel, a competitive person. I feel older every day and oh. I just want people, misery loves company. I yeah, just want to yeah, know. Yeah. We've well, all been through it. So, yeah. I, I think the Wikipedia says active since 2000. 
but that we were just doing like Hacked live. We, we were doing like live comedy at that point. But the internet. We, we started our website in '03. Redlink.com, and uh, that we were probably doing something similar to you. We were hosting our own videos yeah. on our own server, and then people started downloading and putting them on YouTube. When YouTube came about in 04. I think they started doing that in 05, 06. We, 06. We started. Uh, was YouTube the We joined thing, YouTube, yeah. 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 And, uh, and then GMM was 2012. 2012. Yeah. So pretty far into it, you guys started your big property, GMM. Yeah. 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 As a side project, definitely, yeah. We, I, I had a really crazy realization the other day because we started in 2003 as well. And April 1st, the company will have been around for 16 years, which means at some point in the next few years, we're going to hire somebody that wasn't born when the company started. <laughs> right. And that's uh, yeah, we're, we're in this surreal place where things like that are starting to happen. I'm just very grateful that we're still, a, we're still around. We're somewhat viable. But we are relevant. already hiring children, child labor, so we, we have lots of... Lots right. of employees yeah. that were not born. When we, we had that year six, right? Yeah. You guys hit yeah. that milestone. They have smaller hands. It's more nimble. They get a, a lot of that manual labor right. done more right. easily. They don't develop the carpal tunnel as fast. It's a serious issue. Those young tendons. <laughs> I'm trying to diffuse everything you say. Everything, just the, it's like the opposite of improv. It's everything I say, just no. But it, it's, it's <laughs> no. a good point. It's like you guys work together. I don't know if you guys actually hate each other as much as Gus and I don't yeah. like each other. But so you're we knew lot. each other before we worked together, so we were just really priming that pump. No, we right. didn't. Oh. Oh, I mean, before we worked together here. Yeah, but don't, we worked together at another oh my company, God. a tech company. Can you, Christ. Can you tell us that origin story? I, I, okay, exactly. Okay. We were playing, we had our break room at the tech company. We had a Sega Dreamcast. At the what company? Tech company. It was a call center. We did tech support. <laughs> and uh, okay. what, what was your, do you guys have jobs before you were in entertainment? Engineers. You were engineers. I was yeah. computer science. That's what I graduated as. I, I could tell when you were testing the jock straps. Very thorough <laughs> <laughs> engineering. Very, uh, very technical. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I have an industrial engineering degree. Industrial engineering. Red has civil. a civil engineering degree. Really, I never knew that. Yeah. So you could be building bridges yeah. and industries. Well, I probably couldn't actually. I don't know how much I learned in that in those four and a half years. Uh, but I can design a mean drainage ditch, <laughs> and I can fire somebody. Like that's an industrial engineer. It's it's all about efficiency. So once you create efficiency, you fire the person who was doing the thing that you figured out another way to do. It. Interesting. Right. Have you met our controller? Have you met Eric? <laughs> yeah, Eric. <laughs> hello, Eric. I have some notes for you. Uh, the main one is uh, I don't think you're needed. <laughs> oh boy, uh, I didn't have to actually. Training, Eric. I would just make a spreadsheet, uh, and it, this people would be missing, and because that was my job, you know, a part of it. You mean you would but, accidentally leave people off of a spreadsheet, and they would get fired? No, I would. I would <laughs> scientifically leave them off, oh, but then I wouldn't have to like tell Eric, "Hey, man, just this is it." Your pack your things. So, like, we hear about a sports team in the playoffs that's been mathematically eliminated. You're the guy that mathematically <laughs> eliminates people, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Death by math. Spreadsheet. You'd yeah. love that. It's great. I love that's it. That's how yeah. you'd love to go out. <laughs> by mathematics. <laughs> Just be smothered by a multiplication sign. No, I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore because uh, yeah. that that weighed heavily on my conscience. But I mean, it it can't be as bad as working at a call center. <laughs> did you answer we, phones? We did. Uh, well, I did. He was a uh, he was my direct manager. He was my manager's manager. But we had a oh, he was your second line. They call it uh, in, in corporate speak. Your, yeah, your boss's boss. Do you even know yeah. what my job was? 
You were, I don't know, you sat in an office and yelled at people when they took your chair. That's I, was all, the, that's I was the president of the company. I don't know why he didn't know. <laughs> I don't know why he worked at this company. He didn't know I was the but president of the company. We, it, 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 was, it was really crushing to always have to answer the phone. So the call center decided to buy uh, a Sega Dreamcast for the break room. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, it's like a way to let off steam, mm-hmm. you know, during breaks. It was back when it was the Dreamcast decision. was I new. just wanted to play Sega Dreamcast. Right, yes. <laughs> so. And, As uh, the manager of the manager, <laughs> exactly. I had this the is how privilege Ber- of making decisions. This is how Bernie and I manage the manager. I think what game was it? Was Dead or Alive? It was Dead or Alive Two. How dare you? And okay. uh, I, I was playing. Bernie sat Seems down. Seems like an easy game. Like if it's just a choice. <laughs> uh, you're, you're right. It would be. It's this or that. You leave yeah, death off. Just the, like you just kind of click you. Dead or Alive, and it's over. Uh, but we sat down to play, <laughs> and Bernie beat me the first round, and. Uh, I guess he grew up playing video games, so he felt bad about it. And he well, I would clarify and say handily beat him. I right, was, it right, was right. very easy. Okay. He, he said it. he told me that uh, he was very good at video games, which infuriated me. I grew up. Well, I really? always wanted people to play video games with me, and there was when I grew up playing video games. I came out of the arcade right. era of the '80s, and then even when like when people had like Ataris or Colecos yeah. or things like that. So I'd always try to get my friends to play, but if I beat them. They wouldn't play with me again, you know what I mean? Because they didn't like losing, so they'd want to do something else, and I wanted to play video games. So a lot of times I would like nerf a little bit and let them win. And so I felt I just grew up with that kind of anxiety of mm. being a gaming nerd. Uh-huh. And so when I beat Gus, I had to explain I got I play a lot of video games. I'm really good at video games. That's why I beat you. <laughs> you didn't know me, and that's the exact wrong thing to say to me in that situation. So I got so mad that uh, I beat him the next round without taking a single hit. And I think I looked at him and I said, I'm also pretty good at video uh, games. Yeah. <laughs> I, can actually, I can actually that do That is the genesis, no pun intended. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was our master system moment. Yeah. But I can give you the exact impression because I said, I'm, I'm play a lot of video games. I was trying to be self-effacing. Yeah, 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 right. That yeah. was a bad thing. But you had just beat him. So. Yeah. And I said, and I, said so I, I play a lot of video games. So that's my excuse of why I won. And he just goes. It's like dark. <laughs> the thousand yard stare. Then he gets this flawless victory on me in the next round. And he just goes like this. <laughs> I'm also good at video games. Wow. <laughs> so that was that was the moment I met Gus. And we both remember that very well yeah, for some that reason. Was 21 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, 21 years ago now. Oh, and then wow. a guy we fired from the call center who got mathematically eliminated by an industrial engineer, probably. Uh, he came back and stole the Dreamcast. <laughs> From, the, about from that. the break yeah. room, he yeah. Just took it. Yeah, he just came in, and uh, somebody didn't. I don't think somebody turned off his key card, and he came oh, back and yeah. stole our Dreamcast. Gotta yeah, do that. <laughs> well, change the door code. They say. Yeah, that's why they do it right away. It's, 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 every time, honestly, every time I go in one of these buildings, we have a security system, and when I present my ID for the security system. And it gives me a red light or a green light. I know I still work here. Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a red light yesterday morning. What happened? I was going you to, do wrong? Uh, across the parking lot to the other building, and uh, I swiped my card and it was red. I was going in to get a cup of coffee. I was like, you know what happened? You were over no, your limit. I was like, that's no good. So then uh, I, had to, I had to message someone. I was like, um, I can't get into the building. Link I'm, turned in a spreadsheet, so you're, you're gone. <laughs> luckily, luckily they fixed it, but it was really annoying because I had been in this building. I was right over here, and I saw Chris Damaris getting a cup of coffee. And okay. I thought, that's really good. Classic that's, Chris. that's a great idea. I want to get a cup of coffee. This one's taken. I'm going to go get coffee across the parking lot. And it was like 30 degrees at this point. So I walk across the parking lot. Can't get in. Like, motherfucker. So I'm oh. stuck. Walk back across the parking lot, come in here to get coffee, and Chris is still standing there. I'm like... You asshole! This is your fault somehow. <laughs> I, had somehow. To walk, I had to go outside and be cold because of you, because you were getting coffee right now. And did you get coffee I ever? Get coffee. I need to know that you got <laughs> it coffee. Was, yeah. It was 
the most wonderful coffee tasting water I've ever had. The coffee machine's terrible. <laughs> okay. I hate that, I hate that coffee machine. Great. It's awful. It's than... We have one coffee machine that tries to tell you jokes as you wait for your coffee. It's got like, really? a little screen on it. That can't be true. Yeah, it, it says. So where you got the art teacher bit? Was from the yeah, coffee. it was. I'm, I'm wor- <laughs> we're workshopping together, and uh, it, it 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 it'll like. I don't even know. It just it says the stupidest things. I try not to look at the display because it makes me mad when I'm waiting for my coffee. That like it's trying to entertain me. It is a bad idea yeah. when people are getting coffee. That means they don't have coffee. Bad idea to try to make jokes. It, to should, be yeah, one, no it should be once the coffee's completed. Right. Here's a joke. <laughs> or yeah, the bottom of the cup. <laughs> yeah. I think the same is true of Laffy Taffy. You know, you got that Laffy uh, Taffy in your. The last thing you want is to laugh, because I mean, it's really hard to laugh with taffy it's in true. your mouth. It's like it's uh, it's it's very obstructionist. You it, know, it's like a challenge, right? If you bite on the taffy and then you're trying to laugh, you could lose a molar. <laughs> really a filling could pop right out. A filling could pop yeah. right out. Yeah. That's exactly what I was getting at. I got you. It hasn't happened to me. <laughs> I don't have any fillings. I haven't seen you ever eat Laffy Taffy except the one time well, we did bingo. It on the show. Now we know why. Bingo. Yeah. yeah. Is there a candy yeah. that you will not eat? I think everybody so, oh. has the go-to of like they have a go-to candy. For me, it's a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, yeah. you a peanut butter man? I do. I grew up peanut butter. I used to put uh, peanut butter in vanilla ice cream. Was my favorite thing. Growing yes, up. I did that too. Yeah, got to be about uh, eighteen. Never heard Couldn't of that. do that anymore. Oh, <laughs> it's like five pounds every Started day. Started catching up with you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but, I would. Um, every night I would. Uh, I'm sure someone here can attest to this, in because it was like all the way through college too. Every night before I'd go to bed, I would I would pour a glass of milk. I'll put in some uh, chocolate syrup, and then I would take a spoonful of peanut butter, put it down, and stir up the and really? make the chocolate milk. And um, then that would be my like going to bed routine. Your nightcap. So my you nightcap. Yeah, you would stir the peanut butter into the milk. Well, it stays or, or, on the spoon. It stays, it stays on, on the, the spoon. spoon, but I need to use the spoon. But it to gets stir mil- the it gets milky chocolate. Yeah. To make a the little bit of milk. peanut butter flavor gets into the chocolate milk. That's so, great. Peanut butter First infused all, chocolate milk. It's you like did the, this up until like three years ago. You acted like it was. I mean, you did yeah. this well into adulthood. Yeah, and I would, I would get a lot of flack from my roommates because there would always be the glass. Dink, 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 dink. So you know, Link is going to sleep. That was my Link is going to sleep. Dink. It's like the opposite of an alarm clock. It's like going to bed alarm. Yeah, yeah, but it. Uh, other people may have already been asleep. Uh, that's yeah. the problem. I, well, I didn't care. I had to do it. Yeah, that's not that's not your problem. That's their problem. I so like. I, I heard you guys were um, Jolly were, Ranchers. By the way, is my answer. Oh, circus peanuts. You, you'll never eat Awful. Jolly Ranchers. They, they, it's what you're saying. They glue my teeth together. Um, it's just like it turns into like some kind of epoxy that just like a hard. Yeah. Like just you lose a molar. You will. It's mm-hmm. like a different layer of teeth. Isn't it an epoxy when you combine two things? What's that? Yeah, your teeth and like Jolly Ranchers. Oh, is that it? Okay. <laughs> it's saliva and rancher. <laughs> uh, for me, it's circus peanuts. I can't understand anybody. Who, circus peanuts and Twizzlers. I don't understand <laughs> either of those. Twizzlers <laughs> is just... Ooh, you're about to insult red, me. Red gooey. You're about to upset me. Ma- mash. You don't like black licorice either, do you? Oh, I hate black <gasps> licorice. Ah, uh, yep. That's a sign of do you like, deep emotional problems. <laughs> really? You like black licorice? Yeah. Uh, most... You're the it, one? Most very stable... Um, geniuses, ge- stable geniuses love. <laughs> don't don't feed into this. Love black licorice. Um, yeah, I I know I do. I love it. I absolutely love it. I I mean, there's not many things that I that I don't like. Circus peanuts, though. Do you know that Lucky Charms was created by accident when a guy who worked at whatever company makes Lucky Charms put circus peanuts into Cheerios. Really? So that was the genesis of Lucky Charms. 
Weird. And if you eat a circus peanut and then eat a Lucky Charms marshmallow, you'll be like, oh, you know what? You're right. This is a very similar thing. They've they've since like fine-tuned the marshmallow recipe. Right. But that's what it was. It seems like it would if they took a circus peanut and then just like compressed it down. Right. Like to put it a humong- humongous amount of pressure on it, they could make right. like one. And then made it a different color. Yeah. That marshmallow out I of it. Get that grit, that squeak that those marshmallows so make. Weird. It's just something about that. I can't I can't hang yeah, with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a marshmallow man, but on on GMM, we did a tournament last Halloween to determine the worst Halloween candy ever, but basically the worst candy ever. And uh, Necco wafers oh, uh, Necco wafers get... is where we came down. Yeah, Kind of got a black licorice flavor to them a little bit, though, don't they? Um, th- That's, uh, no. That hurts me a little bit. No, they don't, do they? Well, first they're, of all, they're just very uh, they were powdery, two. and it's, it's like chalk. Unculinary. It's like, it's chalk. It's like eating chalk. chalk. It's yeah. like eating straight-up sidewalk chalk. Uh, but I... As somebody who likes licorice, I didn't know that Good and Plenty's were black yeah. licorice. Yeah, that was quite a discovery huh. for me. Yep, it's weird. You never had them? No, I, I, mean, just, I guess not. They're, they're candy just coated they're black just, licorice, right? They're just white on the outside. Yeah, I was like, I'm not into that. But then I, I was a revelation. It got turned around. I'm with yeah. you though. I think black licorice is a very important candy because it teaches children about disappointment at a very early <laughs> age. <laughs> <laughs> you want some candy? <laughs> <In other> words, <laughs> you're alone. <laughs> You yep. Remember the the vending machines, the little like quarter machines that were yeah. in the front of grocery stores, and I would always ask my parents, "I get, I want to go and get a gumball," and then you get the black gumball, and it's like it's the worst day of I the thought year. The black gumball was like grape or something. No, the ones I always got were licorice. No, licorice. Yeah. Wow. What you was just, the, Maybe you just got a rotten gumball. I don't. I, I, I don't <laughs> I've remember. never heard of a licorice gumball. That's like a nightmare, man. Can I be honest about something? I, I wanted to seem a little bit younger than I am. I was actually thinking about the penny gumball machine. <laughs> <laughs> Where you know the ones where you slide it over, please tell me you remember yeah, yeah. these. Okay, of course. of course. That's what I was thinking of. That's where I would get the black gumballs. I just wanted to like go to the Nintendo era. Okay, with you the changed quarters. my frame of reference. I understand now. <laughs> what okay. was that concept that you were talking about? Um, I think you talked about this on the podcast. Um, the idea that you eat things that. Or a little bit of a punishment to you, but that's why you like it. It's like basically it's benign masochism. Yeah, it's it like S and M for your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like um, hot stuff or like hot. hot stuff, yeah, people yeah. do it with Gross hot peppers. Stuff. Uh, There's a psychological factor to eating bitter. things that are disagreeable to some degree, and mm-hmm. that's what I, I think people gravitate towards. And I feel I'm de- I definitely like things with like strong pungent. Flavors like black licorice. I think there's something about the fact that I hate it makes me love it. Yeah, there's a psychological brain satisfaction to knowing it. that something feels like you're in danger or being threatened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you actually can override that and know that you're actually safe. That's why people love roller coasters, right? Because so, it has all the the thrills of a near death experience. But you kind of know, at least if you're not in Florida, you're probably not going to die on this ride. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 You know. Just even by sheer probability, <laughs> from the eight thousand people that rode it that day and the fifty other people that are riding it with you at that moment, yeah. you're probably not going to. You're, you're probably in good hands. You're not that special. But uh, I am thinking constantly, when, especially when I'm on one of those roller coasters where you're suspended on the bottom, because uh, I'm a big guy and I'm always like, "It's, it's going it's to break on me. Mm-hmm. It's going to break on me. It's going to break on." Or, me. or like your the, legs are just going to hang a little <laughs> lower than the tolerance that they built it for, or like something yeah. weird like that. You're gonna you're gonna lose below the ankles. Yeah. yeah, we uh, we did it. We had an opportunity thing years ago. They had a new roller coaster down in San Antonio, and the Travel Channel had a roller coaster show, and uh-huh. so they asked us to go yeah. do it. And it was like, but they needed a group of people, they needed like six people. And I had a little bit more experience with production at that point in time than some of our younger employees. So I said, you know what, you guys be on the show. I'll just go and ride the roller coaster. 
And so I won't have to be on camera and you guys can have this really cool opportunity because I knew and this exactly is what happened. I got to ride the roller coaster twice and I go, well, that's fun. I'm going home. They had to ride it like 12 times to get all the shots. <laughs> they, they were great oh, by gosh. the end of it. It yeah. is funny when you get right back on yeah. to a roller coaster. I couldn't and go, do it. They couldn't stand well, it. And they, I couldn't do two they, in a row. They have, if, if no one's at the amusement park, sometimes they'll, I mean, if you're in the seat and there's no one in line, you're like, can I just go again? I think they're supposed to make you get out and walk around for oh. that reason. because yeah. So the line's if, there for your safety. Yeah, exactly. The line is just there. And reason. that's why it's yeah. so meandering. It's just for the people who are there. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was at Six Flags, and the more I think about it, I think that they'll let you do it maybe one more time, but then they said, we have a regulation. We actually have to make you get off and then get back on. So I, maybe they had signed a waiver, but yeah, once you ride something twice if you ride something three times in a row without getting yeah. off it is no longer fun no, they, at all there were breaks because it takes a while to set up they need to move the cameras or the, i remember there was a drone at the top of the first hill you know that that took right. a little while to set up but i was i was i could see everyone i'd had enough after two and then they were out there till like three in the afternoon filming this stuff and then it's texas so it got hot yeah, right? oh, <laughs> so. uh here i gotta read this thing here from our sponsor okay uh i want to remind everyone this episode of the receive podcast is brought to you by robin hood robin hood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks etfs options and cryptos all commission free while other brokerages charge up to ten dollars for every trade robin hood doesn't charge any commission fees so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits plus there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started so you can start investing at any level the simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. Uh, with Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood's giving listeners of the Rich Teeth podcast a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. You can sign up at rtpodcast.robinhood.com. Thanks for sponsoring this episode of the Rooster Teeth podcast. Um, so I heard when you guys uh, were here just a little before we got started filming this morning that you all discovered kolaches. Yes. Yeah. Really never had kolaches before. I know. And I, I, of all the stuff we've eaten, I'm still suspicious that this is a practical joke. No, well, that was a great one. Not at all. I love this type of practical joke. A tasty <laughs> bun. Well, it's also it's a with subtle practical joke. It's like let's serve them something, and then we'll all act like we know what kolaches are. And then when the three people who don't, the two of us and Stevie, show up and don't know what it is, we'll be like, "You've never heard of kolaches before? You got pranked. You ate a delicious <laughs> snack. Yeah, <laughs> we got you. I, I yeah. love subtle pranks where you're not really sure what the no. And we've never heard of them, but it, we do know now they're like Polish slash German. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's not even like a Texas wide thing. I think it's like a very central Texas thing. I think uh, central Texas has a ha, had a high concentration of German immigrants in the 1800s who moved here. We got everything, and uh, so as a reason, like so, kolaches took off. I think kolaches itself is actually. Slavic and Polish, but you know, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, Germans kind of brought it over with them. Uh, it's it's a weird place because there's still a lot of German-speaking people, like out in Fredericksburg, which is just west of here. Okay. But the language has branched, and they speak a dialect of German that is different than people in Germany speak. No. Yeah, so it's like you can speak a, a specific type of German to people who who you know whose families immigrated here. You're talking like a Texas German dialect? Right. There's a Texas German dialect that's officially recognized as a branch of 
Germany German. Are, are these people like isolated in like a like a Amish sense? Is that why they're still speaking no, German? I think, I think it's just a holdover from when communication was more difficult and you couldn't really, you know, talk, pick up a phone and call someone. And I think it's just a holdover from that. We're, we're, I'm sure we're at a point in time now where this dialect's going to die off. Okay. And it's probably not going to be viable in the next generation. As long as the Kalachis don't die. Yeah, out. the bright side is the Kalachis will start to disseminate <laughs> those lips. Yeah. I mean, I love when people put things in, in just balls of bread. Well, it's it's kind of like know? it's like a bun from um, Golden Corral has those type yeah. of buns, like a yeah. yeast roll almost. Yeah, it's a yeast roll, and then it's got. I mean, mine had scrambled eggs and sausage in it. Yours had like a strawberry goo in it. Well, my first one has sausage, egg, and cheese. I started savory. I ended sweet, like I do all my meals. Smart. It's a good routine. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a principled man. There's a... And it descends into the horror of black licorice after that. <laughs> yeah, it's like a black licorice. <laughs> to torture you know what? That, that's an interesting thing about black licorice. I'm going to continue oh, to be gosh. an advocate for it. Um, <laughs> it's sweet and savory all at the same time. And yeah, I was going to say, somehow. it's very confusing. <laughs> um, I thought of it as a beignet. You know, that's the closest thing I can compare okay, it to well, because it's a little heavier. Than I've a had I've had a beignet with like uh, crawfish in it, oh. so it's like a savory beignet. I've never I, had a savory have beignet. Have you heard the I highly recommend it. the kolache? The the, the uh -uh. working man's vernacular. <laughs> K ball. The, have K you ever heard? If I say the words a pig in a blanket, <laughs> does that? Oh yeah, oh, I've heard yeah, of a pig in a blanket, Carolina, but that's not, that's something different. Kind of the same though. Not right? quite. No, because the pig pokes out of that blanket. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. I didn't see. I, I still don't know how they got all that stuff in that red ball. You like the surprise. I couldn't find the hole. Sausage and goo. I looked everywhere for the hole. There was no hole. The, fir <laughs> the first 10 minutes was just I had my tongue all over the outside of that thing <laughs> looking for the hole. There's there's a there's a place between here and Dallas. <laughs> when, whenever Bernie or I drive up to Dallas, there's this place that we always stop at. Uh, it's in a town called West Texas. West, comma, Texas. Not confusing at all. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. uh, and uh, it's this place called a check stop. Uh, Czech, like Czechoslovakia, Great. and they have a huge selection of kolaches, and it's like right off the highway. Is so, it like a gas station? Yeah, it's situation? absolutely like a gas station, convenience store kind of thing. This oh, town okay. is known for two things: the kolache bakery and the fertilizer plant that blew up. <laughs> <laughs> it blew up like five years oh, ago. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that one. Yeah, it was it was a big explosion, yeah. and it was funny because all the photos from it were people from the check stop taking photos of this big like plume of. Smoke. Yeah, I you guess. can see the check stop oh. in a lot of those photos. And everyone had stopped there because uh. everyone stops there. It's exactly halfway to Dallas. But the name of the town is West Texas. That's West the name of the Texas. town. There's, a, there's so many towns in Texas. You can literally find a name. Every name is probably a Texas right. town. There's a cut and shoot Texas. I've never <laughs> been there. I think there's Iran, Texas. Mm -hmm. Paris, Texas. That's oh, a bigger yeah. one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's, there's all, every, every name. We're, they're all taken. I think even Austin used to be called Waterloo, right? I yeah. think it used to be Waterloo, Texas. Then after Stephen F. Austin uh, illegally brought all those people into Take Mexico, it easy. <laughs> they renamed Take the town. It's <laughs> not Texas. a political podcast. And do you guys? What's that? Cut and shoot city hall. Cut and shoot city. Wow. Look at so that. Good. Do you guys when you're when you're like driving somewhere in Texas? Because our experience with Texas is you know, like fly into a city, you experience a little bit of it. I mean, Austin, Dallas. I guess that's the only. Never been to Houston. Never been to Houston. Great um, we're Austin's right in the middle of the. Three of the top ten cities in the nation by population: San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston. And Austin's number eleven. Yeah, I've never been to San Antonio. That's crazy. There's yeah. no way. So it's like, but we, I mean, we drove uh, Interstate forty across when we moved to L.A. Right but from where? So from, from North, North Carolina. Carolina. Right, okay. So we have that's our only driving experience of Texas. But like, so mm -hmm. you know, it's it's the cliche of it just it never stops. But 
there's nothing that's going while you're going. Yeah. Nope. I think when you, west when, of Austin, there's nothing. Yeah, when you that. drive in on I-10, if you're coming, uh, if you're driving west, you come in what uh, like an orange Texas on the east eastern border of Texas. Yeah. There's a sign on I-10 that says "Welcome to Texas, El Paso, 1,000 miles." Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> yeah. Is for you guys when you when you're driving around the state? Do you, I mean do you like prep? Like, do you have to prep like a post-apocalyptic? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to another town. I've got to make sure I can get there. It's like so rustle up my chuck wagon type situation. <laughs> we kind of had that because in the the first time we ever went to Comic Con was it 2006 where we had our own booth. Yeah, 2007. Yeah, 2006. You know, t-shirts were like it was all five. They were the big part of our business model because t-shirts were like the currency of the internet. So we had a trailer and filled it up with t-shirts and other stuff and went out to Comic Con with that and. First of all, it was it was Comic Cons in the summer, so it was so hot in West Texas. Towing this thing behind my pickup you're truck. About the, you're talking about the town, West Texas? No, this is Western Texas, oh, okay, which good. is not a town. I don't <laughs> think. Right, let's yeah, be clear. Confusing. Yeah, it, anything west of a little bit west of Austin, there's a couple more towns like Fredericksburg, we where they just talked about. Yeah, a lot of German population there. But then west of that, there's nothing until El Paso, and it's like 450 miles of nothing. Uh, just like it looks like a Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, not that way. Yeah, and uh, was Gus in the trailer? No, it was. Yeah, you know, Gus was not. Where were you? You probably were on a plane. No, I'm not. I wasn't a sucker. I wasn't going to make that drive. I flew out there. You're right. eating uh, warm nuts on a plane somewhere. But uh, it was so hot, I could literally, if I watched it, I could watch the fuel gauge go down. And then it was like 200 miles between gas stations Ooh. out there. And they have signs that tell you it's going to be a big, long distance. Yeah. But I thought, if this car runs out of gas... It's, I'm gonna have to eat T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, I'm gonna die. It's like 115 degrees I, uh, on the thermometer. I played a, a little uh, loving prank on Bernie as he drove away. I remember that trip. We had just finished loading the trailer up, and he was driving a, a pickup that we use for work-related purposes. And that truck has seat heaters. <laughs> so, uh, like, we finished loading up the trailer. Bernie was about to get in the truck, so I put his seat heater on maximum. Yeah, because it was the middle of summer. It's like, all right. See ya, have a good trip. How far out were you before you realized the seat Killed heater was fuel on? fuel economy <laughs> on top of everything else. But it was even coming back, like driving back from L.A., it's just such a long slog. Like the only thing between uh, – or coming back from San Diego, I should say, uh, is between California and Texas, basically New Mexico and Arizona. Then you get to Texas – and we're like, oh, great, we're in Texas. We were halfway home at right. that point. And it's just it's just a lot of place. Nothing out there. Right. A lot of it, yeah. I mean, we hear about, I mean, we've been to Death Valley on a couple of trips. So then you, I'll you, brag about you, start, it. you start to hear, yeah, 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 just a couple of times. Death Valley. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, it's a lot of death and valley. Ooh. You hear about people going there. They're like, take the wrong, oh, I'll take this Google map shortcut. And then they just die out there. Oh, Do you yeah. have friends who've died in Texas? <laughs> From like taking a wrong turn. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it seems like it could happen. I don't think so. No, no, well, that's good. I'm, I'm there, glad. I didn't yeah. want it. I didn't want the answer to be yes. Yeah. There was a family. I'm going to tell the story. Now that I'm thinking about it. There was a family in a minivan that somehow the dad was like, "Let's go to Death Valley, guys." And he, they went on some road and got into a situation where the it, the van was not equipped to continue. Yeah, but, because on Google Maps, it can. It's oh, this is a. There's this a is a road. There. That's a road. Yeah. They're both roads. And I'm take this one. And it, he, he, of course, it was like a, it was, it wasn't quite the middle of the summer, but it still was getting like 110, 115 degrees. And they found him like a mile from the van and the family in the van. Yeah, just wanted to bring everybody's spirits up. Yeah, tell you that story. Good job. Yeah. They, Nailed it. They enjoy black licorice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you, should, yeah, don't don't go to Rack Death Valley in a minivan. There was a guy who just uh, got snowed in somewhere and he survived for four days on Taco Bell yeah. sauce. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had it in his car. 
Yeah. That's just going like to make me have an excuse now to leave the Taco Bell sauce in my car. <laughs> I, now, now I don't just have a reason case. to bring it out, just in case my car gets I hope that guy, You know how McDonald's has, like, a, a card they'll give some VIPs to get, like, free McDonald's for life? I hope that guy gets, like, free Taco Bell for life. I don't wish that or on just anybody. Sauce. Yeah, just like, like, they'll just give him the sauce. <laughs> they'll just deliver it. They'll have a truck show up and hook it up into his uh, <laughs> his hot water heater. Well, it's probably the perfect thing from Taco Bell to, you know, it, it, it lasts a long time. It's both a liquid and a solid. Yes. You know? Hydrated. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of so- perfect. Hold on. Did you just say sauce is a liquid and a solid? Yeah, a little bit. It's more of a, a pla- plasma. Suspended. <laughs> <laughs> Taco Bell sauce is a plasma. It's engineering. It's, it's, it's an amorphous solid like glass. <laughs> don't, don't. Oh, oh, I want to get you guys' opinion on something. Oh, great. What are you going to do with this? So this there is. How many sticks of butter? There is a continent. <laughs> At the very southern region of the Earth, oh, this is our whole relationship where the South Pole is. Descended into arguments that nobody else cares about. Okay. How do you pronounce that continent where the South Pole is? All right, just I'm not going to think about it. I'm yeah, just going to say it yeah. naturally. Antarctica. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what I would say is I typically would just say Antarctica. But in response to this question, in which I know someone is looking for the technically correct pronunciation. That's that's that throw point. around words like correct. <laughs> <laughs> do you keep talking about technically? <laughs> I would say it's Antarctica. He still said Antarctica, not like you say it, Antarctica. Antarctica. That's like you're saying Antarctica. Anyway, I'm done. Can I hear it a few d- more d- times? I wasn't. Antarctica. Antarctica. You say Antarctica. Yes, I do. I just Listen. said it. I know I saw hey, I say it. Can you just say yours and let him say his and let us decide? Antarctica. Antarctica. Well, that sees too much. I think you're. I think you're pushing a little too hard uh, on that. Yeah, you're definitely wrong. <laughs> oh, <damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what it, I'm with Bernie. I was, but the sea. I the sea's there for a reason. You know, you can't take the sea right. out of Antarctica, then it's no longer an island. Oh, I thought so, it was like a pirate so, metaphor. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went, like, it's like the line fisherman. The, the sea is there. It's the like the line for the roller coaster. The, the, the sea is there for Antarctica. Have you ever met anybody who's, what? who's been to Antarctica? <laughs> the sea is there for Antarctica. No, but I've. What? Antarctica. Uh, I've talked to these, you guys know Gav. Gavin from Slumber yeah, Guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we keep saying we're going to touch all seven continents. And I had I was on the Amazing Race when they did the social yeah. media season, yeah. uh, so I got to knock a couple different things out. Uh, I haven't been to Africa, and I haven't been to Antarctica. Antarctica. <laughs> Antarctica. Good job. Thank you. Antarctica. We've got a couple of friends who had been to like Death three Valley? continents in yeah they're in a van in Death Valley. Uh, they had been to like three continents in a short amount of time, and then they were like. You want to try to go for all seven this year? And they, oh, they made yeah. all seven in, in 12 months. Wow. Who, who are you talking about? Jane and Caroline. Oh, is that right? Yeah. You, you don't, you don't. I don't base my you friendship on. You don't on listen to them as much as I do. Um, <laughs> where people have traveled. But the interesting thing that I learned is that, so fight, 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 fight. the trip, you know, the boat ride to Antarctica you mean through Antar- the su- through Antarctica. the through the Southern Ocean? You know, yeah, like if you go on, I like to watch those uh, YouTube videos where it's just the big ships in the Southern Ocean and they're like hundred foot waves, yeah. you know, that kind mm-hmm. of situation. Yep. That's like the craziest ocean in the world down there. And so you have to kind of you have to go through it, of course, because there's only a certain amount of time you can actually fly in and out. And they were they were on the ship, and this woman who was kind of organizing thing, she was like. Uh, you need to make sure that you've always got something to hold on to as we go through the Southern Ocean because it gets so rough that we've never had a trip where someone hasn't broken a bone. 
Wow. And everybody's like, okay. And one of the dudes with them broke his leg. Really? Just getting tossed around? Yeah, because he didn't listen. Holy so if God. you're ever going through the Southern Ocean on your way to Antarctica, <laughs> close. Strap in. See, I act like that in my own home. I'm always holding on to something because of the earthquake <laughs> yeah, that can happen. Yeah, there's. Oh, yeah. It's like when when I bought my house, they they made me sign this form that said I knew that I was on a fault line. No kidding. Yeah, and I was like, well, I had to bring out a geologist to like assess it. And I'm like talking geology. Like then your whole neighborhood, though, right? It's not like a thin little fault line, right? Well, it it went it went beside. They were able to pinpoint part of it. Yeah, because you think they're huge, and a lot of them are huge, but there's like there's an offshoot, and they get very detailed with like the geologists coming out. Yeah, like well, a tributary it's like next to in the between canyon. me and my neighbor, and I was like, well, what ha- What would happen? I'm like getting nervous if I should back out on on this purchase. I'm like, what would happen if uh, if if it did quake here? You know, and uh, she said, well, I just think your lot would gain elevation. And I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm actually going to pay more now. Yeah. No, but I, you'll get a view. <laughs> but I hold on to everything when I'm walking around. Like, I, I, always always keep an anchor. I've Where never you, been in an earthquake. I'm fa- I'm super fascinated by oh, them. I was have have you all been in, uh, well, in many? I, actually, there were two in one year that I felt. I've been in L.A. N- nine years now. But... It was uh, probably five years ago. Yeah. Like in a couple of weeks, there were two that I felt. And one, I was like sitting there watching TV and and it started, something started shaking. I thought I was having something, it was happening in my mind. Mm. That's the, not having any point of reference for it. I was like, oh, I'm having a stroke. And I was like, oh no, this is an earthquake. <laughs> but they're very localized. So. And then a globe fell off. A globe fell off. A shelf. Oh, okay. And Metaphor. split in two. Yeah. It's really? like the earth is splitting in half. Was there anything wow. in it? Like licorice? <laughs> that earthquake was yeah. super full, on the nose. It was full of good and plenty. <laughs> <laughs> half the earth gained elevation. Yeah, the only I the only earthquake that I felt was I was sleeping and it felt like someone pushed my bed against the like mm-hmm. the headboard against the wall once. It was just like bam. But it wasn't a shaking thing, but and I, I woke up and I I looked at my wife. I thought that she had like Shimmied the bed or something. That sounds more like a paranormal activity kind of yeah, thing. Right. Yeah, the one and like done a, kind an of evil thing? spirit just moves your bed. Yeah, that was not an earthquake. Oh no, is that what it was, guys? That's what I had. I was at E three, I think, or something in L A. And there was some party, and I got out of it. And I was just having a, an antisocial evening, and I was yeah. laying in my hotel bed doing nothing, and just staring at the ceiling. And all of a sudden, I felt it like everything moved just a little bit, just, just a little, little bit. bit. It was just enough to where I could feel it. And if I hadn't been laying down, there'd been no way I would have felt it. And it totally made it worth not going to that party because now I can say I've been in an earthquake. Yeah, now, yeah. now I'm jealous. Are you? Yeah, I've never it's been a in dangerous one. situation, man. Want to feel one? Really? Yeah, not a big one, just a little one, like you did. Just enough. A little feel. You like. want to tick that box? The earth moved. Check. Done. <laughs> well, I had to get earthquake insurance, uh, wildfire insurance, and mudslide insurance. Really? Wow. The trifecta for the, my house. The California three. Yeah. I don't think you had to get mudslide, mudslide. but I'm like, apparently where we live. It's kind of at the bottom of the, the, the foothills of the, you know, Angeles National Forest. And like a hundred years ago, there was this giant mudslide that came through the mountains and then covered uh, what they call the Crescenta Valley, which is like the valley north of the, the valley, with like 12 feet of mud and like hundreds of people died. Wow. And the Army Corps of Engineers went in and put all these dams in the mountains. So if you go hiking in the mountains, there'll just be this would never do that. dam there with nothing. There's it's just it's just waiting for a mudslide. There's mm-hmm. no water. 
because it's California. There's no water. Um, yeah, and there's one of those like basically right next to my house, just this dam. And I think about my house just moving into it from so time you, to time. 12, what would twelve feet of mud? That sounds be like yeah, yeah. That's two stories. That sounds awful. Yeah, that's halfway up on a second floor, basically. Yeah. At that point, and you got to have a lot of faith. Like those dams probably haven't really been tested. Like you got to hope that when right. it's go time that. They were built correctly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing they're talking about now is, of course, everybody talks about the big one, the earthquake. But now the latest thing is the big rainstorm that's inevitable in, in, in the like the Southern California area. What's that? Which is basically they're like just, you know, given the weather patterns is what's, and what's happening with climate change, like in the e- e- extreme weather patterns, there's going to be like a flood that like a f- 500 year flood in L.A. would be catastrophic and probably kill more people than the big one. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, well, full, been, I'm full of good news. I feel like it's been raining a lot more in LA. You guys are probably- It's raining right now! Yeah, you're not yeah. like the typical people from Los Angeles who grew up there. You grew up in North Carolina where it actually rains, right? right? So, right. what part of North Carolina? Let me guess. Let me guess. Because hmm. I don't know this about your history. You guys seem like- Uh-oh. Asheville. <laughs> and what's your point of reference well, for North Carolina? Like, what are you pulling from with this with this guest? My, my dad lived in uh, North Carolina during his uh, retirement years. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And uh, where he did he live? Transylvania County. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. What? So, that's yeah, a, that's Transylvania. Yeah. Dad's a vampire. I, uh, w- um, when we were in eighth grade, there's a hundred counties in North Carolina, and we were required. To memorize all 100 counties and then write them on a map. I don't what a, know, what why a nightmare! Even, why? I, what? Yes, an actual nightmare it was horrible. Because you, you never know. What? You never know when we're going to lose all <laughs> historical <laughs> knowledge, and they're going to be like, "We need a kid who can tell us what the counties, counties are." Were. Well, <laughs> heaven forbid they teach you something useful. You got to memorize the stupid counties. Yeah, we had to it take was, a blank map and put them all in. It's good if you if you're a like a local weatherman because you know they're always talking about the counties, right? So I was kind of into that because I wanted to be a weatherman. Really? Yeah. I got a buddy in college who was the same way. He was an engineer, was really into meteorology. And oh, I didn't want to be a meteorologist. You want to be a weatherman? I just <laughs> wanted to be a weatherman. You just want to be a well, I didn't want back, to know anything. I just wanted to be on television day, and talk present. about it. Yeah, back in the day, you could just be the personality, and there was some guy in the back who knew what you were doing. The veil light about. of weather. Now yeah, you got to have it. That's what I just wanted to be. Point to the temperature. Right. We have so, uh, but Transylvania here. County. Two hundred fifty-four counties. Is that uh, that tra- must be the most. I think in that's that's in the western part of the state. It's close to Asheville. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my frame reference. And we were outside of Raleigh. Raleigh, okay. Yeah, so we not were in Asheville. the middle of nowhere. We I'll take that as a compliment. Raleigh and Fayetteville. The Asheville guess is a compliment, right? Yeah, that's, Asheville's you're cool saying we've got an Asheville mindset, man. You know, you got the you got the hillbilly thing mixing with the like uh, hipster thing. There's a lot of hipster billies. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a, good a lot place. of good food. That's, that's a really uh, good place, Asheville. A lot of trees. Well, tr- a lot of trees everywhere. I just I miss those. Yeah, well, those we used to. Of- I used to. I got two boys, and I would take them. Every fall, and it's always a gamble. You got to try to hit this like two yeah. week window. Uh, Ooh, but I would the take them there to try to see color, you know, because we don't have we, seasons in Texas. We had yeah. the leaves actually turned colors this fall. We it did was have really we bizarre. Actually had an autumn this year. Normally, it goes from green to brown. This year, there was actually it was actually kind of pretty in it was Austin. Weird. It was really weird. Like there were huh. there were news reports about it, and there were articles in the newspaper. It's pretty here. Why are the leaves colors <laughs> this year? I didn't, know, I didn't know you didn't get like a fall here. No, yeah. not at all. Not really. Yeah, huh. yeah, y'all, y'all missed our winter earlier this week. We have a lot of live oaks here too, which they're flipped. Like they do, they lose a lot of their foliage in the spring, like right before the, you know, you have to cut them at certain times of the year. So uh, that's a lot of it here. But Austin's a weird town too because it's, it's a very green town, which right. makes it horrible for allergies. If you have allergies, it's, uh. it's tough. And you guys have 
been doing this for a while. I think you would probably agree. I mean, you just did this uh, really cool thing with Smosh. Yeah. But I think it's, especially from people who've been doing it for a while, it's a very, it's a time of transition. Like, there's a lot of different things going on now. Yeah. And um, a lot of different models that are, you know, being tested, I think. And uh, I've been talking to a lot of people lately and was talking with Ian at Smosh at one point about what he was going through and, and Jocelyn from Clever um, about their whole thing with Defy. And there's other people I've been talking about too. And there's always this conversation because I guess because we're in Austin that they talk about like, well, what would be if we moved out of LA and moved to Austin? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they specifically said that, but people I've talked to have said that. And I always encourage people, Austin is a great town and I'm really glad that we're here, but it's totally different than when we started here. It's, it's, it's oh, yeah, a much sure. bigger city, like you said, 11th largest. And I always point people towards North Carolina, Asheville, and uh, Chattanooga, mm -hmm. if they're looking at, like, what is the next, I think, cool place to be in, yeah. you know? Because if you're doing mm -hmm. stuff that's internet-based primarily, and we've talked about this for years, like, it, ge geography doesn't play as big of a deal into it. I think, you know, sometimes it can help being in L.A. You know, there's, there's def it's definitely easier to, to get people around. Well, you guys made the move. People you work with. I'm curious right. about that, because you started 2003. Yeah. You have the dot-com, which is very similar to Origin, but... We had the discussion at one point that he's talking about, which is like, hey, we can kind of do this from anywhere. Like, we, it would make sense to go to L.A. to do this, but we could go to the middle of Kansas where the cost of living is way cheaper. Uh, we but, talked uh, about going to Detroit. Yeah, we did at one point. Yeah. Like, buying yeah. a block of houses in Detroit. And we just, found houses you could buy for like $7,000. Right. <laughs> they probably ended up bulldozing. We them read about now, that on the yeah. park, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, had this brilliant idea to do that. But we, we chose to it, stay though. in Austin. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. I mean, for us... I mean, we we were we were each married with kids when we were really starting in earnest to see if we could make a go at uh, being entertainers. Sure, right. Oh, so, I like that. Um, Rhett's father-in-law, who owned a bunch of dentistries uh, and had this corporate office in like the the town one town over in Lillington, where like you know one town over from where we grew up. Um, he, he had this basement that he wasn't using. We basically, he basically let us move into the basement and make that our studio. Right. Basically for free. I don't know what he, did he charge us anything or did he like, I think he made us. He just us, had expectations. He had, I, yeah, there was, there were, yeah, there might've been some strings attached. No, no, like, it, hey, no. you're going to make a commercial for my dentistry and <laughs> We did make him, stuff we, like made that. Him, we made him a commercial. Did you really? Yeah. That's that's fascinating to me. I always I always love those early beginning things that people might not know about that are necessary to, to kind it's of kind of like yourself. our wedding that we we made one wedding video for our friend video. Maria. Yep. Uh -huh. um, we never did that again, and we made one commercial for his dentistry, and we never did that again. But the but the <laughs> the concept of the commercial was um, uh, we would have we cast all these people who amongst our friends and family members to come in and like we set up this backdrop and like we tried to make it look real cool like we bought a a pro mist filter for our <laughs> you know it's like you know basically we put a a, a a filter on the front of the camera that literally made it look like he was shooting through a little bit of mist because, right. like you know Marvel that's Walters. kind of it, it, it made it seem yeah. like they were in heaven and then yeah so they were in this heavenly uh um, my grandma 
uh, was in that commercial up. with her dentures. Oh wow, Mama Nell. May, may one she of the rest last, in peace. One of the last things she ever did. So what we would was do smile is, through a pro mist filter. We we <laughs> had them we had them sit down and it was like kids, adults, old people on their deathbed, like your grandma <laughs> coming in, and we would we just coach them to smile and open their mouths, like open mouth smile, open that mouth was, laughing, really. Like well, yeah, because ultimately you wanted that like. Well, this because the so we had a montage of people smiling and kind of laughing with their mouths open, and then the slogan was, "Just open wide, we'll take care of the rest." <laughs> <laughs> and we were, and we didn't even think about how that might be misconstrued. They, and they loved the commercial. and they bought yeah. And yeah, they bought airtime and they showed it. Loved it, man. Just open wide, we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> I think. Nice words to live by. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's good when you can make a commercial that then can be repurposed for something other than a dentistry. <laughs> like you can use this for two different purposes. Right. I don't know what the other purpose would be. Someone will find out eventually. Right, they'll figure it, it out. It makes, and, you're talking about filming that commercial uh, with you know some old people. It makes me think of that uh, baked in a buttery flaky crust blooper reel. I don't know if y'all have ever seen uh -uh. That. that. No, it's this uh, internet video where. Some like local restaurant, I think I want to say in like Ohio or Wisconsin, they're trying to film this this older couple. And they and can't say that. They have the older <laughs> man has one line it's like, baked in a buttery flaky crust, and it's just take after take of him not saying that line. The wife getting exasperated, finally they tell her, Okay, you say the line. And then she can't do it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like it's so frustrating so to somebody watch. Somebody cut together the all the fails. All the bloopers, right. Oh, and yeah, just that, put them all together. That's my favorite. But that would have been a brilliant ad. Yeah, Winnebago man. Yeah, to, to, oh, right. but they didn't do that, you're saying. Uh, I think they may have ended up putting it on their YouTube channel as well. And you can also watch like the That's final brilliant. product. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, that was smart. Yeah. Well, yeah, so we we did our thing in Lillington uh, for a while. And th then we actually started making the local commercials. So this is getting into why we moved to L.A. So we started making our local commercials that uh, back in like 08, 09, um, like the Red House Furniture, the Cuban Gynecologist, and some of those purposely kitschy, bad local commercials that had real real businesses and real business owners in them. And, ah, oh, there we go. There's one right there playing. Um, so a lot of those went really big, <laughs> and we would make like a... Yeah, he, he really car. was a gynecologist in Cuba, but an auto salesman in America. Our dog. I like the O and the G were slightly overlapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's a Cuban gynecologist and an American auto salesman. Oh, join the club. And so those ended up getting a lot of traction. And, you know, that was the first that was the first time anyone outside of just the YouTube audience was interested. Like when we made the Red House Furniture commercial, which is the slogan was where black people and white people buy furniture. Uh we uh it was it was a racial reconciliation yeah, commercial, yeah, commercial where was furniture was also being sold. Right. Yeah. And so we but, would get people to say things like, uh, I'm a white person, and I love the Red House. I'm a black person, and I love the Red House. And, uh, which I'm not sure you can make that commercial now. <laughs> Probably not, different time. But uh, in 2009, it was uh, okay. And we, so we talked to CNN, like CNN wanted, like it was the first time we were like, national news, we were like, oh, there's something about this is really resonating. And <laughs> then, um, long story short, a bunch of production companies in LA want, were interested in developing it into a television show. We ended up getting a season on IFC, and that was the initial move to LA. God, it makes sense. And at that point, we were like, I, I think we were kind of of a mindset that you know we've been in 
North Carolina for a long time. We we had traveled to LA to, to work on stuff. The idea of moving everybody out there, I think more than anything was just exciting. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. just like, oh, this would be an awesome change of pace. It wasn't so much this will be the next evolution of our business because what we we thought was happening at that time, we thought we were making the transition. We thought we were like, okay, we came up on YouTube and now we're going into television, right. you know, and we weren't so naive to think that that was, we understood that it wasn't that simple and there's a, everything's kind of merging, but I still think we had this idea that, okay, we're kind of transitioning into more of a traditional television situation. And of course, once we got out here, we got out to LA, we made the season of commercial Kings. We were sitting around waiting to find out if it was going to get picked up for a second season. And then we started GMM and sort of the interim because we were like, we need to do something that even if this thing gets picked up again, it's something easy that we can produce a bunch of very quickly. That's a way to kind of maintain a connection with our fan base. So that was the whole yeah, we, idea behind and GMM. We, we felt like with. we had lost the connection with our audience right. because we took time off to make the IFC show. And right. then the majority of people who watched us didn't have IFC, so they couldn't see the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we were trying to figure out how to maintain that connection because it was the only thing that we had complete control over. And we knew a part of that was just a, a daily a daily show but or, or a daily video, right? Yeah. So, but then for us, that was... Okay, we were, let's make it into a show. We'll sit. We'll sit down at the card table that we sat down behind in one of in some of our first videos back in that Lillington basement. We literally had the same card table out in Rhett's converted garage in his backyard in Sherman Oaks. Yep. Um, so that's what. But can't predict the, what's going to take off, right? right because and at the same time, we were an, also we also wrote thing. a pilot. Yeah, stay busy. Yeah, we were right. We wrote a pilot for a scripted half hour comedy. Um, that, like that would doing, feature like, us and like me- going and out meetings. Us and... playing music, like uh-huh. like we we thought we like wrote a scene and we we're like we have this connection to a connection to a connection to Jack Black and I bet we can write a scene where he's in the where, where he's in the opening and um so like we had, we were working on that and then we were taking meetings and pitching it and you know so we were trying to make both of those things happen but. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole, the, the, like Red said, the L.A. of it was just we had an opportunity that we couldn't say no to, yep. which was the IFC show that then moved us out. But then from our family's perspective, we were like, well, we're going to move out for six months. We're not we're not going to do a permanent move. We're, we left yeah, we left our small. homes. We left our homes furnished. We told our families, <laughs> our extended families, we're going out for six months. We we rented furnished apartments because like when you, bring tell, any of our when you stuff. tell somebody in a relationship with let's just take a break. And what you really yeah. mean is, we're never going to see each other. Really, yeah. You're just slowly right. peeling the <laughs> bandaid off, right? Yeah. But it seems it's easier. Well, to was take. the attitude from your family was you guys are actually engineers, and this is a phase? No, I, I, okay. I, not at that point. At that point, they were uh, they got it. Yeah, I mean, because we had been do we had been doing it for the five local years papers had and, done a couple and, of articles and, and CNN and everything at that point. Yeah, too, yeah the right? CNN. Yeah. So the families were completely, you know, both you know, our wives and kids were obviously they were they were in. And then our parents and extended family at that point were like, yeah, this is what you guys are supposed to do. Um, That's great. And then and my mom was like, I kind of knew that you, were, you weren't coming back, you know, when, we, when you moved. I knew that you guys were going to get out there and it was, you were going to love it. Mm-hmm. And we do. I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, I can't stand L.A. And I get that. But um, yep. we've, both from a, from a personal standpoint, just the people we've met. And I think the big thing about a town like L.A. is just like it can be very difficult to 
make meaningful connections with people and develop real friendships. We've done that, so that's it. Also helped moving out together, you know. So we were kind of like this unit of nine people, Link and his wife and three kids, me and my wife and two kids. But then, um, you know, making some meaningful friendships. But then the biggest thing for us was we never really had anyone who had any experience in production at all. Like we would always have one person sort of come in to help us in North Carolina. Uh, and like literally one, at one point it was, there was just a dude who walked in off the street because the place that we uh, had our studio was an old uh, barbershop. And a guy just w- would just walk in and start talking. He thought he was coming to the barbershop, I think the first time, but then he just started talking to us. And then like a couple of weeks later, he brought his like 15 year old son and then he just left and left his son there. Yep. And then his son started, was our intern. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then that's there was the way things. There was so another guy. Things. Yeah, we, yeah. Oh, we have such parallels. Okay. That crazy? <laughs> he got dropped off. His uh, parents were, they drove from Vancouver what? and they just dropped him off for the day to hang out with us. We're like, wait, 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 wait. We're not a babysitting service, you know? Right. But, uh, and but then Gavin was the same way. Gavin started Slow Mo Guys in order to get a visa to come work at Rooster Teeth in, in the US. Right. Yeah, that's wow. why he started the show. And now, Slumo guys is this huge, huge thing. Yeah. More subscribers and Rooster Teeth and everything else. It's just weird story. Right. You know? Yeah. Again, we, you don't know what's going to take off. Don't know what's going to really off. resonate. Yeah. We but, had another guy who showed up um, because, again, once it doesn't matter if you're interviewed on CNN or whatever, um, but when you get an article on the in the local paper, yeah, that's a big That's deal. when everybody around you starts to. That's when you get the phone calls. Yeah. That's when you get the phone calls. From uh, from like your aunt and like your second cousin and stuff, but we had this guy who then he showed up because he looking at the pictures he figured out where our studio was. His name was Carl, and Carl showed up and he was like, "Guys, I work at. I'm not making fun of him. This is just how he talks. He's like, guys, I work at the tire plant, um, but the hours they got me working, I got like, I'm on for like six days and then I'm off for like four. I don't have anything to do. I just want to come and." Help you guys out. And then we're like, uh, okay. Turned out to be the nicest guy, like super helpful. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, his point of reference was making tires. Right. But we, he found a way to help us There's out. There's a lot of crossover. And he showed up one day and he was like, I want to give y'all something. And he like pulls out these scissors, the biggest <laughs> ass scissors you can ever imagine. Like literally, it's like, like bush shears. <laughs> like like they're, for cu- they're for cutting tires. Like bush yeah. snippers. And he would, they would cut rubber with him, and he was like, I thought you guys could use these. And we, we, st- I, we, had, we had them for a very long set? time. <laughs> That's amazing. No, we, we, cut, we cut tires with him. Someone cut you off in traffic, you follow them. Cut off their valve stems. Um, but you guys must have stuff around like, your set and your offices that I have this where it's, I walk through and it's like a kitchen magnet or something, and it's like, I remember that thing from 12 yeah. years ago. How the hell did it get oh, all the way yeah. through well, these different offices and get even, to here? Even here behind us, like a lot of this stuff that we have behind me and behind you, it's like old, like holdover stuff that, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, kind of we've held onto and just it makes its way onto the set. Yeah, that's what that's the way the GMM set is. There, it, It's, and at this point, there's just so many weird, it, well, the way we're creating a prop for just a one-time use for GMM now, um, yeah. there's just... They're having to purge right. yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lot of the stuff because yeah. you decide just, what to keep. You're just storing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We know, lost a lot point. of stuff. I mean, because when we moved out, we put both of our family's stuff into like you had those pods, and then they would deliver it across the country. And yeah. then we had, let's see, we had a bunch of stuff in a U-Haul, and when we towed my minivan, so like our right. U- one U-Haul had like 
half of it was your family stuff, half of it was my family stuff, and we had all this stuff at our studio that we couldn't bring. So um, we just publicized a yard sale. No. Like we had fans and community members and just anyone who had read that article in the News and Observer, I guess, showed up and we had an auction. Really? For all of our props and mem- all of our memorabilia. Stuff. Yeah. Because probably worth a lot now. We had made, um, like, one of the first videos that was taken off of our website and put on YouTube was a parody of Pimp My Ride called Pimp My Stroller, where mm-hmm. we literally physically pimped out. A double stroller um, to make it look like kind of like the Batmobile if it were made out of black cardboard, but it had ground effects and spinners on yeah, it. it did. Nice, of course. And um, and it had a chocolate milk delivery system to the uh, to like my daughter and his son's mouths. But anyway, we, couldn't, we couldn't, <laughs> couldn't bring that peanut butter. We couldn't bring that across the country. No, but somebody bought it, and from time to time it pops up. Yeah, like, like pictures I, of it I in somebody's he, garage. He it somewhere. Yeah. There's like an argument happening between a husband and wife about getting rid of a pimped out <laughs> stroller. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I believe it still lives on. My moment like that is so much less wholesome than yours. But the, <laughs> when we were purging stuff, you, I had... I, do you want me to bring this up? I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, please, the, please it, was, it was one of those moments of like, what am I doing with my life? Because we were going through stuff and like, get rid of this, get rid of that, get rid of this. And somebody goes, do we, do we need to keep that? This? And I said, I said, no, no, no. I go, we have way better Nazi flags than that one. Because so, we were doing sketch comedy. And I was like, what did I just say out loud? It's just like, what has my right. life become? We, we also had a, had a, we had a new employee start several years ago. God, it was probably been like six or seven years ago. And I took him down to the storage unit to show him like where we had some computers and stuff. And we're going through boxes like this, you know, explain this is this server. This was this server. This is this machine. Uh, that's the box of porn. Um, <laughs> and he was like, what? I was yeah, like, this guy would oh, send yeah, us, we, yeah. We, we, there's someone in our community who works uh, in, in the porn industry and he'll send we're us stuff. Jenna Jameson's like, company. Yeah, I was like, you can go through the box. If there's anything you want, just go ahead and take it. Uh, oh, anyways, wow. bags. Like, it's just like nonchalant. Like it, did, it wasn't even a weird thing to me at the time. And I was like, that's a weird first day for you, isn't it? Like yeah. I'm showing you where <laughs> the porn stash is and telling you just to <laughs> help yourself to it. And that employee made a lot of money from the lawsuit <laughs> that came after that. Uh, I don't yeah. know if I should laugh at that because yeah, well, I can't tell if it was a joke. <laughs> I, I, no, we do. No, no, Luckily, no. knock that on wood. Yeah. yeah. But I just say, before we get too far away, I know you have to do an ad read, but, but yeah. before we get too far away from the L.A. discussion, one of the things I would love to see more of you guys do, and being in L.A. I think helps this with collaborations, I loved you guys in Dirty 30. In hmm. Grace and Hannah and Mamrie's oh, movie well, as you. dude number one and dude number two. <laughs> yeah, that were our, I, I thought, our names. Yeah, I thought Mamrie was that was a really great performance for her. But you guys, when you guys stole the show, yeah, she I thought, did great. Yeah. Oh, you thought we stole? The I show. thought you guys were fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I've, I've, I think I might have told you that maybe before, like at VidCon or something. But I've always remembered y'all's performance. <laughs> now that, it's on camera, so it's official. Yeah, it's official. You've now. officially Thank said you. that. Thank you for that. Yeah, well, well, we we can. They're working on the um, uh, the third one. Yeah. No, I'm just. <laughs> like, can I, I give a scoop? <laughs> Mamie, Mamie's working on say, uh, I Dirty had, 50. I had heard that. <laughs> I guess that would mean she's 50. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Fair. Eventually, no. you just go to just dirty. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I say filthy 50. Uh, That's not a wig, by the way. That was my actual hair. Like, seriously, that it, it, was my oh, hair. Oh, wow. It's kind of hard to remember. I mean, I thought that was a wig, but it's my hair. It's your wow. hair. Uh, here, I'm going to read this. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of the Rooster Teeth Podcast is also brought to you by GOAT. 
Uh, your shoes aren't just a statement. They're also a big investment. And if you're buying sneakers online, there's nothing more than a coin flips. There's more than a coin flips chance that the shoe you're looking at is fake. How can you be sure it's real? Goat.com is the safest way to buy and sell authentic sneakers online. They're the largest marketplace in the world for authentic Yeezys, Jordans, and over 600,000 sneaker listings. Uh, they've made the whole process frictionless and trustworthy. They do this by only accepting sellers with the best reputation and by verifying all sneakers to ensure their authenticity for buyers. Every detail is inspected from the stitching and color to the size and weight. Goat certifies that every pair of my goat sneakers uh, certifies that every pair of sneakers on their site matches exact factory specifications with over half a million sneakers on the platform and 10 million users. You won't find better prices for verified 100% authentic sneakers anywhere else. Uh, I just got these sneakers from Goat. There's so many sneakers on the website. There's really you could you could look for a long time and find exactly what you're looking for. Uh, find the perfect 100% authentic sneaker at goat.com slash teeth. That's goat.com slash teeth. Plus, you'll also be supporting our show, but you got to go right now before the sneakers you want are gone when you go to goat.com slash teeth, G-O-A-T dot com slash teeth. Thank you, Goat, for sponsoring this episode of the Rooster Teeth Podcast. Goat. I like saying it. You know, I was thinking goat. about like goat teeth, which you guys will probably remember when you talk about things that we you can't predict how they take off. I don't know if we've ever talked. We've ever talked about this publicly. Uh -oh. Ever good. I like this. Which is 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. Uh, you know, you guys just did this really cool thing. Mythical did with Smosh, and uh, we we've always kind of had that philosophy too, trying to find other really cool people to work with. Yeah. And early on, there were these guys that wanted to make a ninja cartoon, and we were working on it. You know, because we had animation, and we were working on the animated version of Red vs. Blue, like traditional Saturday morning animation. Yeah. So we started working on this, uh, um, I don't want to give too much away because they probably, the property is still something they right. probably want to still sell, but it was a story about ninjas trying to get out of the world of ninjas and having difficulty doing that. And animation takes a while to make. Yeah. Uh, and so we, they would turn in scripts and performances and then six months they'd be doing reviews and they're like, ah, oh. they were those kind of guys of like, we just want to make stuff. Yeah. And so they said, how about if we start doing like coming soon, like promotional material? And I said, that doesn't work on the internet. People just want to click here and go watch it. So... We'll do all that once the show is ready to go. And they were really wanting to do it. So I said, sure, go, you know, go for it. So they started doing this promotion for the cartoon where you could ask one of the ninjas a question. What? And the show, Ask a Ninja, became Seriously? such a fucking yeah. runaway hit <laughs> that we, we never that made the cartoon. Great. And it was a conversation of like, you guys don't need our help to do this. You know, just do this. It's not like, only did you lose a job, you were also wrong about telling them not to make something. The promotional <laughs> yeah. material, right? And dude, it goes even a layer deep because uh, Kent, uh, yeah. Kent and Doug are the guys that yeah. made it, and Kent specifically was who we knew. Kent Nichols and Doug. Gosh, uh, well, let's just say that's it's embarrassing. Set me up. Sorry. Doug, what is Doug's last name? Well, I can look it up. But yeah, Kent Nichols, and he was the guy who showed me YouTube for the first time. Uh -huh. And so we went through, we looked at it, and he goes, "You can host your videos here." And, you know, and I said, but you go to their website, you don't go to your own website, you can't just host the videos on your site. He goes, no, no, you have to go there, yeah. but they can search for you and everything. And I looked at the site, and I, I turned to him and I go, nobody's going to use this fucking site. That's how we felt, too. We, we I mean, initially viewed YouTube as competition. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. what we did. We said, when people said, why don't you have a YouTube? We said, because we have a website. Yeah. Why would you, you need that? YouTube's for people who don't have a website. But Ask a Ninja, I remember, we watched that show on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. it's a video podcast. And, and we were trying to do the same thing. Early on, we were like, oh, this this video podcast, that's, I mean, this is the, the best interface. Mm -hmm. Clearly, this is where the future of video well, is. Well, because you, it, 
Apple legitimized it, it in our minds as a platform. So, I mean, that's why when we when we first started making content specifically for the internet. I mean, this the stuff before, like the pimp my stroller and the sketches and the music videos that we had made. Those are things that we were just making that then. Oh, by the way, let's put it on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when we started making things for the internet, the first thing we made was sitting down next to each other with mics, making a video podcast. We called it the Rhett and Link Cast, and that was the first thing that we did. And it was because Apple Video Podcast made sense to us, right? And like Ask a Ninja was a big part of that. Yeah. So, so I mean, we were saying, "What's our Ask a Ninja?" Mm-hmm. Glad we didn't ask you what we should do. <laughs> wait, man, like, don't do that. Make a cartoon on this thing. What a terrible idea. Yeah, wait, wait a year and make a cartoon. That, that is that's 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 amazing though. How how connected that was, and I, I didn't realize the association. Well, we don't. We I don't think we've ever really talked about it before. Maybe very briefly. I mean, yeah, yeah, and even so, it's like you know, especially once they were like taken off. Like I said, they didn't need our help. It's like we didn't. Yeah. We didn't want to make it seem like we were trying to take credit for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that we were, there we go. Oh, look at that. Yeah, you see, so, I mean, so you see how that became a the Rhett and Link cast became a precursor for what is Good Mythical Morning. It was always in the back of our heads. We were always kind of doing that. Let's sit shoulder to shoulder and have a conversation. I should go back to that look. But it's yeah. if you listen to my voice, Stevie is giving me such a hard Your time. Your posture is so much like, better now. <laughs> my voice has changed. Like I was a grown ass man. I had children, and I my voice was I like a totally different register, and I would kind of whisper. Southern talk. gentleman, yeah, I would kind of whisper talk. <laughs> really? I don't. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was a little so strange. weird. It's a little strange so to strange. watch. <laughs> it's funny to see. Well, that. Maybe like, it's strange now. Maybe that's my normal. We had a. You know, it, it took us so long to decide to really start doing a podcast. You know, we didn't. We started with audio. We didn't. You know, jump straight into video. We did audio only for the first, I think, two years of the podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, by the time we started the podcast, the company was already almost six years old. You know, we'd been uh-huh. we'd moved through a couple of offices, and the audience had kept asking for it. We you were know, early to asking, online video and late to just about everything else. Yeah, including yeah. YouTube. They kept asking when we were going to do a podcast, and to us, that just seemed at the time it seemed dumb. It was like we didn't think anybody was interested to listen to. Whatever we had to say, you know, we in the early days it was just like, what are we working on? What's going on? Yeah. Kind of like a behind the scenes look. And it's like, do people really, really care about that? And, uh, you know, it really took off from there. And at first, when we started, it's like you said, we just put down mics on a table and just said, all right, you know, we're, we're going to talk. Here's a few things maybe we'll talk about. And now we argue at each other for an hour and a half every we week. We debate. Right. One of the things that I, I regret over the years is that we were, we isolated ourselves. Like we, we really didn't communicate with other um, with other people like mm-hmm. I mean the fact that we met so late is just I, I feel like a shame I mean, there's so I much like- we could have learned from um, from from you guys from so many other people in the the YouTube community mm-hmm. and you know because like we we were not an active part of that community like you hear like yeah. DeFranco talk about how he came up you know as an example I mean that was that was not our experience at all we were studying it as like at arm's length as competition, like, oh, who are these Barrettes and mm-hmm. Beretta guys? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, we can do that. But it was never, let's talk to these guys, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I, th- I think that's a, that's a big regret as far as not getting involved in the community aspect. But it I, seems like... Well, for us, we were we felt like we were between two worlds. Like there was this yeah. new media mm-hmm. thing, as it was yeah. called back then, and then there was the old world. And a lot of things that we did as a business, we had to do early on because we had to host our own videos. 
And if there was no YouTube, there were no pre-roll ads. Those just oh, didn't no, exist. Right. So you couldn't just hit a button and you turn on pre-roll ads. So we had to do things like subscriptions and merchandise, which became these super progressive business models after the age, golden age of pre-roll ads came around. But they were really, to us, they were the things that worked from old media and they made sense for us to be sustainable. Yeah, that's interesting because for us, um, our minds went to, we got to get sponsors. Mm-hmm. So we were cold calling sponsors yeah. and saying, "Oh, we're gonna we've written this song about how your iPod dies and how it's a it's a conspiracy from Apple to put in a doom seed." And um, I mean, one of the few people that we did know was Justine. I Justine. Oh, so we're yeah. like, "Let's yep. do a collaboration with Son you." Son of a bitch. And then we like, <laughs> so we knew. She, I got this Apple Watch. Can I? I'm sorry, to hear about yeah. story. Yeah. She keeps sending me these these uh, competitions, seven day competitions. She does <laughs> yoga like four times a day. It's just like I just I gotta say no to these competitions that she sends me. Let me see oh, what really? she's doing today. Yeah, sorry, right, go ahead. She's not sending me competitions, but she has seven hundred twenty points. God damn it! We used um. Oh, well, I was gonna. I, I don't want to say we used her in a video. She co- she she appeared in a video. She collaborated. She collaborated with us, but Long I mean, so we got a sponsor. We just reached out to someone who who repairs iPods. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's the route we like subscription service. Or I wish we would have thought about that. Like I said, I wish we would have been talking back then. It's funny you say that because we called our our premium members, our subscription members, sponsors back at the point in time. Back at back in the Uh, day when we started, like we 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 viewed them as our sponsors. Sure, kind of like crowdsourcing that. Yeah, instead of one. Lump sum, a little, lot of little, and, little bits. And, and the, what was the value proposition for them? Like, what was the first thing you were selling? I'm, so we, I don't know if this it is was too ins- inside baseball. No, 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 no. It was inspired by them because we Red versus Blue was a weekly production, and it was about five minutes of animation a week that we would make, and it was about four people, four or five people that worked on it. So Monday, I'd write it. Tuesday also yeah, right. wink, Tuesday, wink. Tuesday I would also write it. It was supposed to be yeah, but it always going to Tuesday. And then Tuesday and Wednesday we would record and cut the audio cuz we'd make it like a radio play first and then we would act out the animation on Thursday to the actual cut audio. Okay. And then Friday it would come out. So you work all week, you guys know this. You work on these things. You're like, "Oh, how is the audience going to like this? You know, the you know, the community are they going to enjoy this?" And you put this video out and sometimes it'd be like three in the morning when we'd post it. And you're waiting, you're waiting, you see like people downloading the video and it's got a five minute runtime. And so it's like five minutes. It's like, oh my, are they gonna like this? Are they gonna hate it? What? And it's like, here comes the first comment. And it's like, did, did they like it? And then the first comment is first. It's like the yeah. first post. <laughs> and we were so annoyed by that. But Pretty then special, it, we had a conversation of this is people telling us what they find valuable. Yeah. Is that in a world where you can watch anything, you can't watch everything. You can't watch every. 400 hours of video that are uploaded every minute on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So you got to choose what you watch. And being first is valuable to people, especially if it's, you know, everyone has access to it. So that but was how did they even know about it? Before, I mean, there was a certain point after pe- enough people knew about it that you decided to start charging. Yeah, that was uh, that was like a month in. We went a month this, in. We got our first bill. It was thirteen thousand dollars for bandwidth for hosting these videos. <laughs> you were, we're like, tech support guys. It's like, we're oh, like, no, we're going to go out of business immediately. Yeah, right. We were, we were, technically we were out of business at that point. Yeah. Because I was we, not going to pay well, 13 grand. How did people find what, what, it at what, first? We, Email. Yeah, we would burn would CDs and it. hand it to each other. And then what happened, we, what uh, we did is like, it's, it's, it's a long forgotten thing. But when we first started, you know, we, we thought, uh, what are we going to do? We just put a PayPal button on the website. And it's like, the videos are there. If you like it, you can send us a couple bucks. I mean, no obligation. If you don't, that's fine, whatever. And, um, and people just voluntarily started sending money in and, you you have a story about that. Were you uh, were you uh, 
asking how people found out about the subscription service or about the videos? The videos. No, oh, the videos. Oh, oh. So, but it wasn't well, eventually both. <laughs> RVB was not an overnight success, but it was really close to it. Um, and we had worked on, I was 29 when I started Red vs. Blue. Yeah. We'd worked on tons of stuff all the way through our 20s, you know, trying to have this production to that production, things that would take off. Um, before that, we made an Apple Switch ad parody with Gus in it, mm -hmm. which dates it back to like 2000. Um, uh -huh. One of the first things. And we knew we had made it big. Like you talk about the local newspaper. We were like, we were like, wow, we've made it huge because a gaming magazine called us and they wanted to put the video on the CD that they glued to the front of the cover of the magazine that month. And it's like, that was distribution for digital video back then. Oh, wow. right. And we were like, oh my God, this is incredible. Uh, but Red vs. Blue is April 1st, 2003. We put out the first episode. We estimate about 3,000 people watched it. And then it got linked on, this 2003, it got linked on Slashdot, on Fark, and Penny Arcade. Mm. And it brought our all servers on, down. All on the same day. It was May 5th, 2003. Yep. <laughs> it, it brought everything down. And uh, then we had to, uh, then we had about 250,000 people show up to watch the second episode. And by the end of the month, we had a million people a week coming. So it was like, that like is that. That is insane. So we had to figure out things really, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's and, pretty nuts. And, and so you were like, okay, just put a PayPal button up first. And but then people responded to that. Yeah. It was ten bucks uh for six months back then, and you could see the episode on Friday versus it would come out publicly on Monday. And then it would, if you were a registered member of the site, it would come out on the site for those members on Sunday. Yeah. Before it came out to everyone on the front page on Monday. Right. Release system, yeah. And it was like this benefit, but also it was important to us because if we could space out when people were downloading it, we didn't need as many servers ah. to, in order to do that. And, so. and also, if you were a premium member, instead of downloading the video at 320 by 240 resolution, you get it at 640 by 480. <laughs> oh, baby. Ooh, Full high, depth. high quality. <laughs> nice. Wait, I think it was called high res. It was called high <laughs> yeah. res. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because, and thanks for going into it, even though I know a lot of listeners probably are like, yeah. oh, I've... You know, they, they appreciate and we're a part of this. But for us, I'm fascinated because, I mean, we just launched our Mythical Society, which is, a, you know, a, a paid exclusive fan club, I'll call it. Yeah. I mean, it is powered by Patreon, but we've always been, we've been very reticent to, to say the word Patreon because we didn't want people to think that they were enabling content that... Um, well, just because we've been so... From the very beginning, because it was ad supported, even before it was AdSense yeah. supported, it was sponsor supported, and we've always done that. And so we had this hesitancy to say, "Oh, give us money to enable the content." At this point, uh, with with the Mythical Society, people are getting like a, a lot of different stuff that yeah. is being enabled by it. But um, and of course, the Patreon system kind of allows that to happen seamlessly. Mm -hmm. um, but we're really trying to figure out. I mean, the subscription service and what, how we can make it a valuable experience for for those people who are, who are who are spending money every month, right, to get something that they, they can only they can get. So it, it is totally separate content. Mm -hmm. So there's not we we don't have Exclusive. any windowing. Yeah, um, of we would anything. window some stuff to YouTube. It would take a year to go to YouTube at at one point because really? we refused to like let go of the dot com. Uh huh. But if I may, yeah. Uh, I feel like listening to you two talk, it's a very common tone that I hear among digital creators specifically, where there's almost like this uh, feeling that a business model has to be justified. Like, we're making this content and we're doing this, yeah, and it's like, yeah. yeah, there's this new service and we're charging. I personally feel, 
Um, we went through that very early on with advertising, like even putting advertising. We didn't do it for years on mm -hmm. our um, any of our videos, but then YouTube came along, and that's just the way everybody did it. Right. Yeah. And our friends yeah. who were huge inspiration for us, Homestar Runner, yeah. they've never done like any ads. Like they come from that era where they just could never make that step. Although they did local commercial stuff too. There's a a pizza company that has a website that looks just like Homestar Runners called Mellow Mushroom. Remember uh, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they made it. Yeah, they made it. Like you guys with the car commercials. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And I just love that pizza. kind of kind of stuff. But I have a philosophy, and it was a guy who taught us early on when we started the subscription service. And you could pay ten bucks or twenty bucks, and twenty bucks you got a DVD at the end of the season sent to you. And that's when Microsoft showed up when we started selling <laughs> DVDs. That's when, that's when they had to have a talk with us. But uh, a guy sent us two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, and we. We came in and we we're like, holy cow. We're like, this is you, you made a mistake. This is too much. And he was a little bit older than us. And he goes, no, no. He goes, I've watched your videos for now the last six weeks that you've been putting them out. Um, and that, that amount of money is whatever you guys want to use it for and do whatever for. That is as much money as I would spend going out to a comedy club with my friends one night to be entertained. And you guys have entertained me for six weeks. So just there you go. Hmm. And it like it just like opened my eyes too, and it's like I have that personal philosophy. And we talked about this on uh, Game Time just recently. Like the other week, yeah. This game came out called Apex Legends. It's, yeah. a, it's a free game, but there's a paid tier for it. And then the gamers are like, "Oh, did you pay for that skin, or did you buy the coins, or whatever?" And, yeah. I, and my thing is, yeah, I did that, and it's not because I want the skin or the you know the cool weapon or whatever. I do it because I like the game. Yeah. And it's it's to me, it's like there's a premium level to stuff, but there's so many people that watch you guys and watch GMM. And it's like I think about the stuff that I watch. Sometimes I don't support things monetarily because of the premium layer. It's because I, I get so much out of the thing. I buy YouTube Red, for instance, not for the premium YouTube shows, premium. even though we have premium shows. I mean – but I buy it because I spend so much fucking time on YouTube. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like YouTube, 10 bucks a month for YouTube. I spend so much time on there. I will absolutely, that yeah. service Look, is worth 10 bucks a month. Looking at yeah, right. the benefits you get from it, I remember when they launched, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But like you, I was like, I use YouTube all the time. I'll, I'll gladly, you know, chip in a little bit of money yeah. just for, you know, to, to help the platform and make sure it continues. And I realize yeah. not everybody's in a position to do that. But I, I definitely think that. I think, I mean, I use YouTube more than I use cable. To me, it's it's less about the thing that resonates with me is not um, chipping in money to support, but you're getting like paying for something that's worth paying for, mm -hmm. you yes. know. And and it's just a it's it's a different model, and it, but it is legitimate. It's not something that you need to mm -hmm. apologize for. Well, but I think that the sort of the apologetic tone comes from the you know there's a different relationship that we have with our audience, right? right than a traditional you know actor or whatever. Nobody nobody questions a traditional celebrity's motivations for why their contract is mm -hmm. 10 million bucks for a movie or whatever it might be. Uh, but yet, I feel like regardless of what kind of decisions that we make, what any time we're charging X amount of money for a shirt or introducing a new product, it's like there's always that percentage of the audience that's like, money grab! Oh sure, you yeah, know. Yeah. So it's like, and yeah. you, and I, you can't be too affected by that. But I think that there's this, like, oh, I mean, why are you guys, why are you guys at doing this now? Don't you have enough money? It's like, well, yeah. that's yeah. not really, that's yeah. not how this works. That's but not I, we're, we're, <laughs> well, I, I, I just think the word, even that there's a word called monetize, and it's associated with like digital things. It's a completely made up word. It's like 
don't yeah. think Ford says, how are we going to monetize the F-150? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, monetize, a business. Yeah. monetize implies that you're finding a way to make money off something you were going to do anyway. It's just a and that's not, that's not we had to make up a new word. Work. Yeah, we had yeah. to make up a new uh, word that means right. business. Go, yeah. Going yeah. back to uh, your, your San Diego Comic-Con story, when you drove out there, I remember we had a discussion about that because it cost us more, obviously, to get this truck and drive out there and go out to do this event. We, and we were saying, now we're like, we might have to charge like another one or two bucks for our shirts at this event. Is that something we're comfortable with? Like, we, we had that guilt at the time. Right. Yeah. Because it's costing us more to do this. Like, we're going to lose money if right. we don't charge just a little bit more. And we had, we'd be like, oh, what are we going to do? Can we really do that? Like Wright said, it's a more direct connection. So I think about what I'm, you know, what we're asking for. You know, yeah. is I think about where people getting this money. You know, I don't think Marvel probably sits around and wonders. Yeah. Where does the money come from that people are using to buy tickets? You yeah. Know? Well, and I appreciate, the, I do appreciate the accountability. And mm -hmm. I, uh, in one sense, I think that, um, you know, I think the primary reason we run our business the way that we do is because we, uh, we kind of apply our efficiencies to it. We want to be responsible. We want the people who work for us to, uh, be pe paid well, be re respected and, um, or do cool stuff like yeah. be able to, you know, I don't but know, ultimately it's, Smosh. Smosh is obviously a huge brand, but you guys really helped them in a situation that was pretty dire. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like our philosophy has always been to, okay, let's create a great product. Let's be smart about the way we make money off of that product. And let's be smart with the money that we receive from it. And the, the kind of the vision we've had over the past couple of years is like, you know, we're not getting any younger. <laughs> and we've been trying to, you know, we changed the name of the company from Retin Link Inc. to Mythical Entertainment years ago. And the the idea behind that was that what first of all, the idea of like coming in and seeing Retin Link Inc. on a wall in our own, it was just we are egomaniacs, but like that was just too much. <laughs> so we wanted to first of all, this this isn't about us. This is about something that we're a part of. I, I'm not an egomaniac. And <laughs> and throw me in that and let's cauldron. Uh, <laughs> Well, you have to be somewhat narcissistic just to do this job. I mean, I think we all agree some, at least a little bit. You know? It helps. Yeah. Um, so, but the idea of making, creating something where we can support other creators, and like we started having conversations the last couple of years. It's like, how can we take these lessons that we've learned? You know, we've done all this. We've in the same way that you guys have. It's like just by trial and error, you've kind of learned how to run this business and how to create new lines of revenue. So like, how do we help other people do this? You know, all this right. story of like YouTubers burning out and, yeah. and, and mm -hmm. people coming up. And of course we were like similar, like we were late twenties when we got started in this whole thing. So it was like, we already had families and had already had a real job, but you got a lot of kids coming up and they're kind of hitting, uh, they're, they're really striking, you know, goal with their audience at like 17. It's like, they're not, not they're hitting a wall yet. of reality. Yeah. And then it's like, they're trying to manage all these expectations. We're like, how can we help this situation? And then right in the middle of while we were trying to figure out what that would look like in terms of a business model, you know, we we see the article about Defy shutting down. Yeah. And we're like, we just texted Ian, you know, we were like, hey, man, just let us know if we can. We, at that point, we weren't thinking we would buy we, Smosh. We, we, we were buy thinking Smosh. We if you thinking, need a place to crash. Yeah, we, we've from got a, a place. If you want to make some videos here. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I, we've got we've got facilities. Um. And it, and then a couple of, like, I don't know, maybe a month and a half later, it was like, oh, there might actually be a real opportunity here um, to, to, you know, keep this thing going. And it helps to, you know, it answers the need that they had, which is, you know, 
to make, you know, it, it, if Ian didn't find someone, he was, unfortunately, he was in a place where he was like, he was going to have to walk away from this brand that he created. Yeah. Um, and then, so we were able to kind of keep Smosh going and kind of give them the autonomy that they want to continue building their brand. And then from our perspective, it was like, this is something that we would have imagined building over a period of time with the way that we were thinking about it last year, but to sort of get this turnkey product that is already what you would hope. They got mm -hmm. more subscribers than we do already. Yeah. So the idea of having something that's already built, that already has momentum, that already has relevancy, and they have a creative vision that's very intact, um, it was just like, we can't say no to this. Seems like a, a great opportunity. Yeah. And just you just got to jump on it. Even right. Though, even yeah. if you're not quite ready, not quite yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we, we were ready to start building something, but I'm so glad that this happened instead. Because, I mean, it was a win-win. It's like we mm -hmm. we did it for Smosh. We did it for us, equal parts. I mean, it, 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 was, it was perfect timing, and it was a perfect um, marriage of, you know, of, of two families. Serendipity. So much of this yeah. stuff is about timing, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. You can't ever predict that. Yeah, I know. think we have such an appreciation for that because the way things have changed so quickly, everything we've talked about, it, you know, you, you tweak the timing by a month or two, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it, it it potentially falls apart. Yeah. Well, and that's become on. our whole yeah. philosophy at this point. It's like we say yes to things a lot of times because we're like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but it it's going to lead to something. Like, and this is, I mean, it all kind of goes back to, you know, like a year and a half ago, YouTube came to us and said, we want to do some some AVOD stuff that we want to support. We What is the, like, enhanced version of Good Mythical Morning? Yeah. We want to give you guys, like, a TV budget to make half hour, half hour content every single day. And that ended up being this multi-segmented GMM where we were doing like three or four videos every single day. It was absolute hell to create because it was just so much work. It's a lot, we were, yeah. yeah. Um, but we it, we had just based on the idea that we, we we wanted, we knew we were growing, we rented out the studio next to us and then we, just in time, we had rented this new space, YouTube comes and says we want to make this show, so we had to hire a bunch of people to make the new version of the show, so we had a facility for them. That was crazy. We learned so much about production, but we were like, this is not sustainable. There was a part of us that was like, we hope they don't come back and ask for more. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come back and ask for more. And then we were like, okay, now we've got this studio. Uh, sure, something will come up, you know, a few months pass, and then the whole Defy thing happens. Yeah. And so, it's, again, it was like, we had these... And Link was right there with the spreadsheet going on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. It's going to mathematically eliminate the studio. Yeah. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> yeah, so half of it, I mean... I'd say that the vast majority of the things that have worked for us never worked as they were originally intended. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah no, I think that's, that's a big lesson we talk about yeah. all the time is just like learning and adapting as things. Yeah, uh, figure as out things what works up. on the fly. Right. Uh, yeah, it makes me think. I mean, my oldest kid, my daughter, she's she just turned sixteen. You know, so it's like trying to figure out, and your son's not far behind, and like trying to figure out college and like they're being pushed so hard to figure out what they want to do with their lives. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, I was out to dinner with my daughter, and we were just talking about it. And, like, she experiences so much anxiety and stress associated with this external pressure to declare declare a, a future for herself. Mm -hmm. Right. And, it's, and I just told her, I was like, listen, 
you know my experience. It's like I had no, I could never have anticipated that I would be doing what I'm doing and be who I, even be who I am yep. right now, uh, you know, as a 40 year old, as your 40 year old father, mm-hmm. you know? So I just don't feel like it's, it's fair for her, for her to, to have, to have that much pressure on her. You know, I just try to take it off and say, listen, you gotta, you gotta take things as they come and, and, you know, let's just see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Follow, follow your heart, follow your gut. And uh, a little spreadsheet doesn't hurt. A little <laughs> yeah. spreadsheet doesn't hurt. But a lot but of spreadsheet starts to hurt. I also feel like social media has kind of warped that a little bit too. Because my kids, I have the same discussions. They're at the same age. My oldest is about to turn 17. So he's right in the middle of all the college stuff right now. Is he freaking out? It's just, it's a lot of responsibility to put on people. I'm actually trying yeah. to encourage him to take a gap year. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Great yeah. But uh, it's just a tough thing that, you know, there's so much momentum to education at that mm-hmm. point that you see. But I went mm-hmm. to school for pre-med uh, at UT. Then the internet kind of came out of nowhere in the middle of the 90s. And so I was like, oh, I'll do that. So I switched yeah. to computer science. Right. You know, and almost, no, I ended up taking organic chemistry as an elective <laughs> on my transcript. But I talked to young creators too. It's the same kind of thing. With social media, it's amazing the conversations I'll have with people who are uh, 19, 20, 21, and they think they're too late for anything. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I missed the boat on this, or I didn't get in on YouTube early enough, or I didn't get on Vine, or whatever. What's the next thing I got to look at? And uh, it sounds like you guys have a similar story. I I try to explain. It's like, I was 29. (laughs) I worked on stuff for, imagine you're 19 now. Imagine you have the next 10 years to work on stuff before Mm. you're you know, figure something out. And there's people who, you know, found that even later in life, you know, it's like, but there's this constant feeling, I think for a lot of people, it's like, I'm too late. Mm -hmm. I missed out. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not at all. Even business wise, you know, you talked about that earlier. We were early on internet video. We were late on a lot of other things. Yeah. You know, this podcast wasn't the first podcast made. Podcasts have been around for years and we started and you know, it's, it's, it's huge. We've been doing it for 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. It's like, when I look back at, I mean, Every single day, we were stressing, and we were working our asses off to try to figure out what's, what was the what was the best thing to pour our energies yeah. into, you know, and uh, trying to balance the work life thing and um, pulling the all nighters, but scheduling those and <laughs> like s- sleeping on the couch and waking up and continuing to do mm-hmm. it. Like uh, uh, it, it was very stressful, and it wasn't like oh, just I'm not telling. Lily to just don't don't worry about it it'll come to you mm-hmm. you know i i hope that's not the message she's getting well but I, ha- have a plan but realize that it's likely to change <laughs> yeah you got a lot of time you have a, yeah. Yeah. time is on your side you know yep. and what i always tell them is like you know try stuff even if it doesn't work out you're still honing your craft or or I think for a lot of people discovering what their passion is because the right. last thing you want to do and it's it's thing I've run into before is when you're really good at something you're not passionate about you're just like yeah. that's a yeah. tough place to be in yeah. right and, and it's easy to stay on that path well and I think they're more overwhelmed with options than we were like for for me I you know my junior year in high school I told my dad I was like I think Link and I I think we want to go to film school hmm. and he was like Okay, well, I'm not going to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. we were a couple years into this business, and my dad was still asking me when I was going to get a real job. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this definitely... Uh, exactly. Ha- like, if you want to get a, reg- a real degree, yeah. then I'll, I'll pay for yeah, that. Yeah, it was pre-med simply because it was the smart kids major. 
Right. That's exactly. I can. I, I never made that conscious decision. It was like I'm in the smart kid group in high school, so I have to pick yeah. a major like yeah, pre-med. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. No, I refuse. Uh, but before we go, I do have one more thing I need to read. Uh, I just want to remind everyone about RTX coming up this summer. Uh, so don't forget, RTX Austin 2019 will be here sooner than you think. Uh, will you be there? Weekend passes are available right now at RTXAustin.com. Can't wait to see all of your beautiful faces July 5th to 7th at the Austin Convention Center for the greatest animation, gaming, and comedy event in the world. Uh, you know, we were talking about some of our shared experiences. We we wanted to start RTX years ago as a place for internet creators to come together and, uh, you know, show what they're working on. And you can still, you can take part in this right now if you head over to rtxaustin.com right now, pick up weekend passes for you and your friends. Come hang out with us and the greatest community on the planet, July 5th through 7th at RTX Austin. You'll have a chance to see this podcast on the spot, always open, off topic, all live, uh, plus the RT Animation Festival, uh, special guests, big surprises, amazing cosplay, world premieres, and so much more. That's rtxaustin.com. Do not miss it. Come check it out. Who doesn't want to come to Austin in July? Well, come we, on. Have air, we have air conditioning. It'll be it's taken a, care of. You can have three-day indoor event. You can come eat kolaches. Bring your camelbacks. Uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next time. Thank you so much for taking the time Good to, yeah. see you guys. Uh, to yeah, talk yeah, with guys. us today. This was fun. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks for having us. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.